Thank you, uh, Pastor Ryan Rodemel, for the opportunity. This morning, I appreciate it. I believe that your Lord, you are led by the Lord to ask me to preach. And I appreciate it. You know, the, the, the one thing that I've come to experience with the eldership of this church is that they care about the people. Amen. Not individuals. Amen. Not Emmanuel, but the congregation, Amen. the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. There are not many, many, many ministries like that. Most of the ministries are just selfish. They're looking for their gain. But what I've known from my interaction with the elders here is that people, the people come first. Everything else stays, but people will come first. And they will do anything in their power and means to make sure that the people of God are taken care of. What a privilege to be in this ministry. That is love. That is the true love of Christ. The love that is not selfish. The love that is seeking out for the others. Well, I'll just take you through a journey, but I, I, I pray that even as we go through this journey of understanding the power of love, the love of Christ will reach out to you this morning. That is my prayer. And I believe, I believe that His love will reach out to you. Well, we live in a very broken society. And if you doubt what I'm talking about, I'm sure if you read the newspapers or watch news, you'll see that for yourself. The systems of this world are broken. And God is looking for us to restore that. Whether it's media, you've heard of fake news, because of the brokenness of the media. That's why we can now label it as fake news. Whether it's the family, families are breaking. We see divorce rate going high like never before. Children are being molested like never before. Our education system, our teachers are abusing our, our, our children. My sister Mary was sharing with me how the, the young, I think 10 or 11 uh, children are, are sharing how young children are having sex in, in toilets. That's how broken our society is. The business is the corruption. Every business that is established is established on selfishness. What can I gain? How much can I extract? The art and entertainment, the morals, the broken morals in the, the government, the corruption. How about even the religion? The churches exploiting people, manipulating people. You know, in your mind, you could be saying that Maybe what we should do is, and, and, and you, I know you've heard of this teaching on the mountains, and we, we think in our mind that maybe by just putting a Christian in those institutions, everything will fall in place. Ask yourself, how about the church today? Why is the church so broken? Led by men, people who call themselves men and women of God. 
Why? It's because the love of God is absent. The only thing that can fix our society is the love of God. There's nothing else. It's not a man, it's not a woman, but the love of God flowing through that woman. And God is counting on you and me. I know you're sitting there and saying, those politicians. But God is looking at you and me to create that change, to bring that change, because we carry the love of Christ in those places that I've mentioned, family. What are you doing in your own family? Are you bringing and cultivating the love of God in your family? What are you doing in education? These aspects, the systems that you're, that you're involved, what are you doing? The Bible says in Romans 8 that creation is waiting for the revelation or the manifestation of children of God. Guys, we are, in, we are part of this system. Why are we not manifesting the love of Christ? We are there already. The only thing that is lacking is for us to reveal the love of Christ in those places. And we carry the love of Christ. I don't know how you feel, but I, f- I feel it like piercing my heart as I speak to you. And in John 16, 36, the word of God says that I, would, I wouldn't have told you this, but I've told you this so that you can have peace in me. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome. Amen. Despite all the gloom and whatever I've painted for you, we can take heart because Christ has overcome. And Christ lives in us, so therefore we can affect this society. We can affect this ministry. We can affect these worldly systems. And also we live in hope. In Revelation 11, 15, the Bible says that the kingdoms of this world have become the king of our Lord and of his Messiah. And they will reign forever. That's the hope that we have. The broken world that we see today will be restored by you and me. And our king, the king of kings that lives inside us, will reign forevermore. Amen. Do you believe that? So we do not live in fear. We've not lost hope. There's hope for us. Because Christ is in us. We are the hope of this world. You may say Christ is the hope, but you carry Christ. Therefore, you are the hope of this world. We know that Satan is the God of this world and he is blinded in 2 Corinthians 4.4. Satan who is the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the gracious light of, of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of Christ. So the world does not understand but we do understand because we have Christ. Amen. 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 All right, let me do some teaching now. Amen. Amen. So first of all, um, what I wanted to um, really bring 
to your attention is we, we do know there's no doubt in our mind that the world that we live in is broken. I hope that has settled in your heart now. And secondly, God is counting on you to restore. Hence that mission, the vision that the church has. God is counting on you and me. Let me say you and me. Let me not just say you. To restore these broken societies that we live in. And our mandate is very clear. So the mandate, and I won't go in detail, but our mandate is, was established in Genesis 1, 26 and 28. That is where our mandate was. I know we lost it somewhere in Genesis 3. It all fell apart. But we do know that God made us in his own image and his likeness or nature. What do you think is the likeness of God? It's love. His nature is love. So God has made you and me in his nature, which is the nature of love. And he asked us to have dominion and subdue the earth. That is our mandate in Genesis 2. We still carry that mandate because Jesus came and restored back what we lost in Genesis 3. And we just celebrated that a week ago. We, we have that mandate back. Tell your neighbor, we have the mandate back. Just look at them. Maybe they're not believing. Look them in the, in the eyes and say, my brother, my sister, we have that mandate back. All right, so what is love? Because when we talk about love, I'm, I'm talking to you about the power of love. You know, uh, love, people have sung about love. Uh, Bob Marley <laughs> sang about love. Celine Dion sang about love. I won't go there, John. But what love are we talking about? When we talk the love of God, what love? And I really, this is what I want you to take out of uh, today. What love are we talking about when we talk about the love? And there are different types of love. One of them is um, uh, kinds or types of love. One of them is eros, which is erotic love. This exists in marriage. Uh, and it is initiated by physical, your physical body. That love is necessary, but that love is of a lower level. It's good. It's a good feeling to experience this eros. But it's not enough. It's between two people. It's not touching the society and the community. So even if we had 100% in errors, you will still not be effective. Imagine you're in the office and you're thinking about, and I know there are young people here, I won't say, and thinking about this love. You'll be, useless, you'll be very ineffective, as good as it is, and as exciting as it is, as passionate and intense as it is, it's not enough. So that's one kind of love, and I won't talk about that love today. And then there's one which is affectionate love, which is phileo. This one is initiated by the mind. It's the love between friends. 
you can see that this is also between two people. It's a relationship. It's in the mind. It's your feeling about what can I get out of... I don't know about you, but I don't know how many people have friends that you have, you get no value from. It's almost impossible. Most of our friends, and I'm talking about this level of love, is friends for benefit. Either we'll go jogging together, therefore they are friends. There's something that connects that. It's the mind, the trust, the loyalty. That love is also of a low level. It's not adequate. As good as it is. And you'll see when I talk about the love of God, how the love of God builds a good foundation for all this to function well. I'm not discounting and discrediting this form of love. It's important. But it's not what is going to shift the die. As good as they, they are. And then there's one called Stoge, which is more family. This one comes by default. When you are born in a family, you experience this love. It's compulsory. It comes kind of by default. You don't need to do anything. You're just born in a family. There you go. And this one is built in memories. You build memories. How many guys go for holidays? I'm sure you don't take just friends. Most of the time you're taking family to holiday. So that you can build memory. It's important. That love is also important. But the love that is above all these other loves that we have, that can make these ones more meaningful, is the love of God, which is agape. Amen. Agape is the highest type of love. Agape is a spiritual love, unconditional. It doesn't think about... Imagine if God had to put some conditions for our salvation. We would never have been saved. Just imagine that. But all these other loves that I talked about, the ones above, it's conditional. It has some conditions. You have to fulfill some conditions. It's boundless, compassionate, and infinite empathy, self-giving, seeks the other person's highest good. That's the love that we're talking about. That love that took you out of your comfort morning coffee to go to the street to hand out the Easter eggs. It's a love full of sacrifice. You have to sacrifice this love of God. Look, our, the king of kings, the creator of the universe, sacrificed his son, a part of himself, so that we can experience this love. Amen. So this love is regardless of your shortcomings or your flaws. It's the love that accepts, that forgives and believes that you have a greater good. That's the love that we are talking about. Imagine if this love was prevalent and operating in our societies. Just imagine that. Imagine that teacher who's molesting the children. If he had this love of Christ, the agape love, do you think he would do it? The corrupt officials who are using health funds for health for their benefit. Do you think they would do it if they had this love of God? Never. This love cannot allow you to do that. 
And it's the love that we need to experience. Amen. It's the love that we are talking about today. Let's just look at some patterns of this love, and I'll, I'll go through some scriptures. In Psalms 103, verse 8, it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is, is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, I don't know who has measured how far the east is from the west. So far has, his, has he removed our transgression from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. He remembered our weakness. He remembered that we could not do it. That is why he sent his son. He knew that we would not be able to do it, having lost our way. The only way was to... He had a plan in place. And he gave up his son so that we will be restored to our position. Second Peter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowlessness. Instead, he is patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to, be, to come to repentance. The Lord is patient. He's slow. And we look at it as being slow in its true sense. And God has been saying, he's coming back, he's coming back. And some, some Christians actually say, when is he coming back? He's saying soon, soon, and 2,000 years down. It's because he wants everyone to come to repentance. That's the only reason. He doesn't want to lose those souls. Imagine if Jesus came today, how many people would go to hell? So he's slow because he wants us to come to repentance. That's the nature of love. And as I read through these scriptures, what I want you to meditate in your heart is to begin to ask yourself, how can I experience this love? These characteristics that Emmanuel is talking about. How can I experience it? Titus 3, five, uh, 3 verse 5 to 7. He saved us, not because of righteousness, righteous things we have done, but because, his, because of his mercy, he has saved us through the washing of rebirth and renew, renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Christ Jesus, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. That's the nature of the love of God. And the one that I'll leave with you is in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13. This one is for your, for your homework. I want you to meditate on this, uh, this scripture. This kind of defines what the template of love is. Amen. I want you to take this one home. This, we can spend another hour just talking about what is contained in 1 Corinthians 13. describing kind of what we see in the world. We speak in tongues, but there's no love in us. We're just like 
noise in a layman's language. We like the prophetic, but without love, if that prophetic is not flowing with love, it's meaningless. You can know the mysteries of God, but if it's not backed with love, it will not be of effect. It will be another show, just like we see. We see a lot of those big shows now, where somebody takes a selfie in heaven. That's a show. I'm not judging them, but I think that's a show. You go to heaven and have your birthday and come back and tell people that you had your birthday in heaven. Wow. Some people call them prophets, not prophets. They want to. It's all about making profits. It's about how many personal jets I have. You can't do that if you know that there are people who are sleeping hungry every day. You cannot take a personal jet. That's, that's my conviction. But, and some friends of mine joke with me that I need to get a personal jet because I travel quite a lot. I said, no, not, not at all. I don't need a personal jet. I can take a flight. Even if I had money to have that personal jet, I would still use that money to reach out to God, God's people. But that is me. I'm not saying um, they're like me. That's the conviction that I have in my heart. Because I think I have the love of Christ in my heart. Amen. And you, you, you read about how the love is not, does not envy, doesn't boast, is not proud, is not dishonest. My counsel to you is that take Corinthians 13 and begin to leave out those things that are in Corinthians 13. That's the only thing I want to leave with you on this one. I don't want to go into it because it's quite detailed. Take Corinthians 13 and begin to leave out. This is not to make you feel condemned. This is the nature that God has created in you. So what you need to be doing is that I do not envy. To, 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 to speak this out, I do not boast. I'm not proud. And as you meditate in this, you will become. Your mind will be transformed. Your heart will begin to change. Amen. So that's your homework. Hopefully we can do a test. We'll definitely see the result. I can tell you that. You will see the result. We'll see the fruits as you begin to meditate on this and make this a reality in your life. We'll begin to see the outcome. We'll begin to see the effect. We'll see the darkness reversing. And you can also read Isaiah 58, 7 to 2, where God was talking about the kind of fast um, that he expected from us. But that's for you, Isaiah 50, 58, verse 7, to just to read the kind of pattern of this love that God expects from us. Amen. Alright, so let's just go quickly on the expectation. I know we've lost quite a lot of time. Let me pick up some speed. And I'll just give you some references. Uh, Matthew uh, 5, 13 to 16. 
The Bible says we are the salt and the light of the earth. It means that love enables us to shine and conserve. You can read, you can read uh, that, that in your own time. Matthew 5, 43 to 48. It says, you have heard that it was, it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of the Father in heaven. So love is a choice. Because our Father allows the sun to shine on both the righteous and unrighteous. That's what says a Father down. So love is a choice that you make. It's not a fuzzy feeling. It's a choice. God made a choice to give up his son. 2 Corinthians 5, 13 uh, to 17. He's saying if you're out of our mind, when you do some of these things I'm talking about, people will think you're crazy. You're out of your mind. But when we're out of our mind, as some say, if... we will be compelled, we'll tell them that we are compelled by Christ to do what we're doing, by the love of Christ. That should be your answer. So you can take 2 Corinthians 5, 13, sorry, 5, uh, verse 13 to 17. 1 John 4, 14, sorry, 1 John 3, from 14 to 18. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. I'm sure we are all alive. We've come alive. So we should express God's love by all means. And you can read that as well from from 14 to 18 just to see that love is a sacrifice. Love will cost you something. It will cost you your time. It will cost you your resources. It's a sacrifice. It costed Jesus' life. It will cost you something. John 13, 34 to 35. It says, A new command I give you, love one another as I've loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So the only way that people will know that you are Jesus' disciples is when we love one another. And I'm talking about the agape love. And then just... um, John 17, from verse 20 to 23, Jesus was praying for us. And it says, My prayer is not for them alone, but I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So that's us. He was praying for his disciples, but was saying it's not just praying for his disciples, but for us. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you and I are one. So therefore, love is our source of strength and power. Love is the source that we draw from. And Jesus prayed that we'll be in one. The best, the lowest way of actually showing the love of Christ is unity. That's the lowest form. Start of agape. Jesus and God were, and God the Father were one. He was saying that I do what I see my Father do. I say what I hear my Father say. So if you want to taste this love, 
Just check if you are united. Not, not Manchester United. All right. So, so I'll just drawing this to a conclusion because we've lost time. We should not allow the world systems to squeeze us into a mold. Do not allow because you have the nature of God. Because of the nature of God in you, inside you. And by the way, the nature of God starts from inside. It doesn't come from out. It's as you absorb the love of God, as you experience that connection with, with Him, you'll begin, it will begin to come outside. But we should not allow the world to force us in a mold because we have the nature of God. We have the strength of God within us. Therefore, we can resist corruption. We can set new businesses with new patterns of love and value. God created us to walk in love in order to maintain our fellowship with him. It's only the power of love that can transcend cultures and boundaries. You remember the family thing? You will still have, if you experience that family love, you will still look at black and white, male and female, Indian and Ugandan. But if you're beyond that, this love transcends all those. And a few months ago, we were just having um, our fellowship, and one of the guys made a comment and said, we just knew each other. It was one member in our connect group saying, we just knew each other yesterday, but we feel like brothers. I said, yes, we are brothers. They feel like family. What has enabled that is the love of Christ. It doesn't look at whether you're from China or Uganda. We are all God's people. It's the love of God that will transcend the challenges that we have in South Africa. Amen. And by the way, your spiritual maturity is measured by this, your walk. You know, there are people who have been saved for many years, but they are still not walking in love. You're still a baby. I'm sorry to say. You're still a, bo- a baby in the, in the kingdom of God. You will need to mature. And the only, res- the only way we are going to mature is when we grow in the love of Christ and begin to show it. The greatest, our greatest weapon is love. The church is the only entity on earth that can stand and destroy the onslaught of the devil. That's our weapon. It's not how much you can shander and what. Your greatest weapon to effect the onslaught and the darkness on this earth is by showing the love of Christ. Start there. You'll have a greater effect than should take Honda and Mosquito, what, what. You'll have a greater effect. Amen. I'm not saying speaking in tongues, but I speak in tongues all the time. It's the only way I'm able to pray, actually, without ceasing. God does not deal with us on the basis of justice. Because the justice was served. How many of us judge the government and the family and the school? And we are still dealing with the world in ju- with justice. God does not deal with us in form of justice. Because justice was served already. So why are you 
we carry in Christ still judging, wanting justice to be done. In the streets, <laughs> if somebody crosses the light, you want to kill them. That is justice. That is justice. Justice was served, so we cannot continue to live. I'm not saying asking for justice is bad, but that is not the pattern of, of, the, of God's kingdom. God's kingdom is love. Love comes first. Justice and all these other things can follow. The, in, the good news is that it just erases those other things. Amen. You know, you can, we can fool everyone else around us. I can tell you, we can do all sorts of things and then you look like this is the most wonderful person in the world. But there's one person you cannot fool, that is yourself. Because you know yourself. And even as I, I draw to a conclusion this morning, And I, I tell you the truth, if you don't have the nature of God, you will be empty. There's nothing. You are like that noise that we talked about in Corinthians. We need the love and nature of God to be full. And it starts with you. It doesn't start with your neighbor. So this morning, if you're here and you feel that Emmanuel, this love that you're talking about, I've never experienced it. And I can ask the choir to start coming. And you want to experience that love of Christ. This is where it starts. I want to encourage you. It's free. And it doesn't matter what you've gone through, what you've experienced. God will reach out to you. It doesn't matter what you've done, whether you've killed people. God has gone beyond that. So I want to just encourage you, if you're here and you feel like, Emmanuel, I need this love. I've never experienced this love. I want you to just put up your hand and I'll pray for you. Amen. Amen. If you feel like you've never experienced this love and you want to stop fooling everyone else, you want to stop fooling yourself and you want to experience this love, I'm giving you an opportunity this morning to experience the love of God. Jesus did not come to condemn you or condemn us. His love is unconditional. It doesn't matter how messed up you are. God is reaching out to you this morning. Amen. Amen. And we also know, and we did this uh, just before I started uh, preaching that the demonstration of the glory of the Lord is the love of God. When Jesus went out healing, Jesus actually did not even um, pray long prayers. He just said he felt virtue flowing through him, the love of God flowing out of him and touched and healed them. I pray that that love will reach out to you this morning. And then lastly, I just want to my uh, final call. If you feel like you've gone cold and you want to be baptized, what engineers this love is the Holy Spirit. This love 
is the interaction of the Spirit. If you want to be filled by the Holy Spirit, to go out there empowered in this love, I just would like you to come, if we can all stand. If you want prayer this morning, please feel free to come in front. We'll pray for you that the Holy Spirit will fill you. You know, the Bible says that out of the desert, rivers of living water will flow. That river is love. That river is Christ in you. It's the Holy Spirit in you. Amen.